0: there. This episode of News Dump is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Now listen, we'd love to talk about movie news, release dates, set photo leaks, and all that, but come on, it's almost always boring. And this show is technically only bound by the confines of being a show that's about entertainment news from the past week. Not even that. That's being generous. Yeah, we can talk about whatever we want. It's our show. Uh, But video games, they are entertainment. And video game personalities, they're entertainers. So we're going to start this week's News Dump with arguably the biggest story from this week, famed Fortnite streamer Ninja ditching the platform that he has called home and built his empire upon for their competitor. Et tu, Brute?
1: Yeah, here's the basic story of betrayal. Tyler Ninja Blevins is a real name, and he is, or was one of the most prominent personalities on Twitch, which is arguably the biggest streaming platform online, Mm -hmm. especially for gaming. He would get tens of thousands of live viewers every time he streamed, and had amassed nearly 15 million followers there, mostly due to his rise alongside Fortnite. On Thursday of this week, he announced via Twitter video that he would be leaving Twitch entirely to exclusively
0: stream on one of their competitors' platforms, Microsoft's Mixer. So, That's the whole story so far, and everything we say going forward is based on our opinions and insight into the digital content business, so keep that in mind. Uh, This is obviously huge news for both Mixer and for Ninja. Huge for Mixer because they finally have a streamer who can actually pull huge numbers on their platform, and huge for Ninja because he definitely got a hell of a lot of money from Microsoft to make the switch, because to say that Mixer hasn't really been performing all that well, it's a bit of an understatement.
1: Yeah, I went and checked Mixer.com. Is it t- .com or TV? I don't know. Yes. I, I went and checked the website at like about 20 minutes after this big announcement. And even with presumably thousands or millions of people doing the same thing I was doing, the top stream had 5,000 viewers, and it was literally a stock music company just mm. streaming a bunch of
0: songs like, hey, please license this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> since Mixer was originally launched back in 2016 and originally called Beam, it changed the name, uh, yeah, Mixer, it struggled quite a bit to make the kind of impact in the streaming space that you would assume Microsoft and Xbox were hoping for, despite the fact that the platform is directly integrated with their console. Yeah, the platform also
1: launched with an entire original content team who worked with Microsoft and Xbox to highlight and promote users on their platform, as well as produce shows and host live events that would be exclusive for Mixer. But a few weeks ago, just after E3, news quickly spread regarding big layoffs. At Microsoft, which turned out to be directly targeted at this internal production staff. They're gone. On the not-so-good streaming numbers side of things, Fortnite just hosted their big World Cup event, which was broadcast on literally every streaming platform that you could think of. And while sites like YouTube and Twitch boasted concurrent viewership, which peaked close to a million viewers each, Mixer was apparently sitting at around 10,000
0: viewers at any point in that time, which is... Uh, pathetic, yeah. real bad. Uh, obviously, it's fair to say that YouTube and Twitch have had a you know a lot more time to grow a live streaming audience and they're already gigantic platforms while Mixer had just entered the space a few years ago. 10,000 viewers versus uh, 8 or 900,000 viewers, though, that's dramatically low for a service that's owned by Microsoft and comes installed on every Xbox One console that they've sold.
1: Yeah, that's like, those 10,000 people, they were watching it at the
0: library where Twitch.tv is like blacklist. Microsoft had 10,000 really? PCs running Mixer the entire time. <laughs> Anyways, in our opinion, Mixer, it's just not performing. It, at least not as well as, you know, they hoped and it's kind of embarrassing to their parent company. So, so what do they do? they got to bring eyeballs to their platform. And the easiest way for them to do that would be to convince huge streamers from other platforms to join. And how do you do that? With an absolute shitload of money.
1: Yes. Ninja's favorite thing.
0: Oh, it's all our favorites.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. true.
1: Fair enough. Mixer has already done this in the past. They've given streamers guaranteed sums of money to make the switch in order to help build an audience on their service. But deals that they've made previously probably can't even begin to compare to what they offered Ninja. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about getting a better contract here either, although we're sure that whatever was negotiated leaves Ninja with a better cut of revenue for subscribers and their version of Bits, which are called Embers or Sparks. Or, that is so stupid.
0: Yeah, wow. there's two different uh, kinds of things. It's, uh, it's confusing, too. Uh,
1: we feel pretty confident in saying this, that Mixer probably dropped a lot of money on a signing bonus to acquire him for however many years his initial contract states. Now, this is in no way supposed to be an accurate guess, but we would imagine a signing bonus of around $10 million. That's probably close. And that's just for free. Although we wouldn't be surprised if it were more than that, considering that it's been pretty much confirmed that he was making somewhere around half a million dollars a month while streaming on Twitch, even though not all that money comes directly from Twitch, but also includes sponsorships and endorsements. But, like, still a lot of money. Yeah,
0: Ninja doesn't even get out of bed and put pants on for less than, like, $10 million, so... So, if our hypothetical signing scenario is even close to that, or is actually more than what we think, why would Microsoft pay so much money to bring one specific person to the platform? Well, okay, let's look back at 2013, when the Xbox One was first released. In the last three months of 2013 alone, Microsoft spent around $30 million in marketing, almost entirely because of their new console release, and their typical yearly marketing budget seems to be around $40 million a year uh, in the years that followed that. Next year, in late 2020, Microsoft is launching their new console, which is currently just codenamed Project Scarlet. But aside from that, they've got their recently revised Xbox Game Pass program, which also goes into... PC Game Pass, basically, uh, their new cloud streaming platform, as well as all of their announced or yet-to-be-announced console-exclusive games that will come pouring in upon the release of this new console.
1: Yeah, so by signing an exclusivity deal with their streaming platform, Microsoft now has one of the most influential gaming personalities on their platform and on their payroll. And whatever they're paying them will probably end up being a bargain for them, as opposed to traditional marketing. And we feel pretty confident in saying that Ninja will most likely end up playing a lot of these games on their streaming platform, which is on their console, in addition to their website and various apps. When you start to think of this in terms of business, it makes a whole lot more sense. For Ninja, though, money is money. And you know he's not spending it on furniture. And guaranteed money is the best kind of money, even if he's only able to bring over a fraction of his Twitch viewers over to Mixer.
0: Yeah. And Now, again, this is just us throwing in our two cents which is how much we're basically worth to big companies yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so whatever. Get that money, Ninja. Get that money. His first stream is going to be live from Lollapalooza and you'll see... I, IRL? Uh, no, he is, plays games at Lollapalooza. What, that's the fucking lamest way possible to experience a music festival. Anyways, uh... You'll see that big influx of uh, curious people the first time, and then it'll taper off a bit. I'm sure.
1: but I, I, I really want to. I want to drive this home. Get the, get gaming the fuck out of our music festivals. That is the that is the most troubling thing I've heard all day. Out of all of this, yes. Okay. Well, it'll get be your own fucking festivals.
0: It'll be interesting to see how Twitch responds to this, uh, and with how Twitch has been responding to anything lately, they've they'll probably just do nothing, and they'll just take the hit instead of trying to counter with substantial offers of their own. Uh, they, they can't do that with Ninja, he's already signed, but for other people, you'll probably see more coming over to Mixer because of this. And the reason they're not going to give anyone substantial, off, substantial offers, that's because their parent company is Amazon. And Twitch just seems to be a source of passive income for yeah. them. Yeah.
1: We so. bought this thing
0: and it turned out to be really successful through, through no work on our end. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Oh, yeah, they already took away his verified badge on Twitch. Real petty. Anyways, uh, it looks like in the wake of Ninja joining Mixer, though, other huge influencers are already following his lead because shortly after Ninja's announcement, Tommy Wiseau announced his new Mixer channel as well. So, checkmate, Twitch. Oh, hi, Mixer. Has he ever streamed on any platform? I
1: don't know. A very interesting timing. Because I'm almost positive He's not receiving any money in exchange for this. Oh, Microsoft, you want to give me some money to stream on the platform? No, Tommy. Okay, I'll do it okay, anyway. Okay, but this Ninja guy, he's the biggest streamer. <laughs> I'm by... the biggest director. Yeah. Didn't you see my movie? Uh, I, I, my favorite take on the Ninja situation was uh, Felix Biederman on Twitter. It was like, wow, for the last month, both Microsoft and Amazon have been simultaneously competing for like Pentagon contracts on surveillance software and competing for Tyler Ninja Blevins.
0: <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, shit, since we're finally done with that whole story, it's time to move on to our more traditional news dump. Fair. And uh, there's a lot of it. But first, we'd like to thank ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. Mm-hmm. If you believe that you're not being snooped on or that nobody cares about your online data, well, then I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you are wrong. 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 You watch us, though, so you're clearly smart enough to understand that your privacy is always under attack. Hackers, governments, ad companies, and ISPs are just gobbling up
0: that data of yours. And they're constantly hungry. They're never full.
1: Plus, I'm hungry for data.
0: Uh, That's why you should check out ExpressVPN. Their apps use powerful encryption to secure your data. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone, and then you just use the internet like you normally would. You download the app, you click to connect, and voila, you're protected. ExpressVPN is extremely fast. It costs less than $7 per month, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. ExpressVPN also uses cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there are no logs of what you do online. It's time to stop the hackers. It's time to stop Big Brother
1: mm-hmm. and the big bad internet companies from grabbing all your data. Take back your online privacy today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash That's expressvpn.com slash newsdump for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com
0: slash newsdump to learn more. Well, now back to the news. Uh, Starting with the confirmation that at least some of the actors attached to the Fast and Furious franchise, uh, they're never going to appear to fully lose an on-screen fight. This is
1: so stupid, but makes so much sense. Yeah,
0: so this news comes from a Wall Street Journal article where they were able to get quotes from crew members working on the films as well as a small acknowledgement from Universal Pictures themselves regarding the issue. According to their reporting, Vin Diesel didn't want to look like a wimp. The actor was in rehearsal for yet another fight in his seventh Fast and Furious movie when he started to sense his co-star and on-screen opponent, Jason Statham, was landing more blows than he was. (laughs) Mr. Diesel had an idea. Why not assign numerical values to every move headbutt, roundhouse kick, body slam. So that way he could calculate a total and determine if the two men were getting pummeled evenly. Socialism in my action movies? I don't think so.
1: Just trying to spread the punches and kicks around. Mm-hmm. And They go on to say that monitoring every single blow to come up with an exact calculation proved to be too much work. <laughs> And probably not worth anyone's time, but that the fight choreography within the movies would continue to make sure that everyone was treated to the same amount of pummeling so the actors wouldn't be perceived by the audience as weaker than any other actor on screen. (laughs) Jesus, you fucking babies. The article continues, stating that, quote, According to producers and crew members on the films, Jason Statham negotiated an agreement with the studio that limits how badly he can be beaten up on screen. Vin Diesel has his younger sister, a producer on the films, police the number of punches he takes. And Dwayne Johnson enlists producers, editors, and
0: fight coordinators to help make sure he always gives as good as he gets. Ugh. Yeah, there was also a point in there where they were like... Uh, Mr. Johnson, uh, he he has a scene where he falls and lays on his back. He would like to be in a sitting position. This is so, like, you guys, you're way too rich and famous to be
1: this insecure. Like, no one's gonna be like, I don't know, I was gonna hire The Rock to be in, like, this next big tentpole franchise, but he got, like... Kind of beat up in that movie (laughs) I saw, so...
0: He's kind of a wuss. Seems like kind of a wuss. Yeah.
1: Pretty sure I could take him. I make movies, but I also believe that movies are real, and I can't tell the difference between that and reality. Yeah, anyway, the confirmation of this on Universal Pictures End came from a statement uh, by a spokesperson who said, quote, The fights ensure every character has their moment, and that all are seen as formidable opponents. Each fast character is a hero to someone watching. (laughs) Ugh... Each fast character is a hero to someone watching, and we never forget that. So, uh, all right. (laughs) There you go. Everybody wins in Hollywood, despite it being physically clear which of the characters would completely destroy the others in a real fight. The Rock. Yeah. It would would go The Rock
0: first, and then Jason Statham, and and then Vin Vin Diesel Diesel, would get the absolute shit kicked out of him by both those guys. For sure. Now, elsewhere in movie news world, do you guys remember the movie Game Night? Well... If you never saw it, you really should, but uh, you should also go in without knowing too much about it. So we'll stop there. It's a great movie. It deserved to do a lot better than it did at the box office. So hopefully the next movie that the directors behind Game Night take on will do a whole lot better. And it looks like they'll at least pique people's curiosity a little bit because Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly are taking on another game movie. This one is going to be based on Dungeons & Dragons, which has obviously exploded in popularity in recent years alongside the resurgence of tabletop games in general. And yes, we know, there was already a Dungeons & Dragons movie. Oh yeah. All the way back in the year 2000. It was bad, and everyone involved in that mess would probably be thrilled to forget it ever happened. Uh, We just hope that this one won't just be a movie that brings Dungeons & Dragons to life, but something that resembles what they did on game night, or at least has a mixture of the two ideas, but who knows? Kind of a Jumanji-esque
1: Original yeah, Jumanji.
0: If they if they do just a campaign from
1: the game, it's going to be the most generic fucking yes. fantasy film ever. It has to incorporate some sort of. Uh... Anyway, yeah, the fact that they're the guys who made Game Night is a pretty good signal. Yeah. That that's what if, they're going to do. If this
0: is a like more adult version of what Jumanji was in the 90s, yeah. it, it could work. I could, I, it could work. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anyways, moving
1: on now. We're just about two months away from Todd Phillips' standalone Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. It's definitely one of our most anticipated movies this year based on just that first trailer alone. And apparently our hype is not misplaced because not only has Warner Bros. submitted the film for competition at the Venice Film Festival, which is odd for a comic book movie, Mm -hmm. but also one of the people in charge of that festival is already singing the film's praises. In an interview with Variety, Venice Film Festival's artistic chief Alberto Barbera, they asked him about Warner submitting a film for competition at all, but uh, specifically the Joker film, and he responded with, "quote I have to say, Warner's was convinced pretty rapidly because it's a really surprising film. It's the most surprising film we've got this year. This one's going straight to the Oscars, even though it's gritty, dark, violent. It has amazing
0: ambition and scope. So that's the Oscars. interesting. Yeah, there you go. Joker is Oscar bait, and while it's a damn good sign that people are already throwing that around, uh, the rest of us are just gonna have to wait." A bit longer. I liked it so well, so much. I liked the movie so much that I would change my
1: my Twitter avatar to a picture of the Joker when I'm feeling depressed.
0: <laughs> oh no! You mean the Twitter users that do that are all depressed teenagers? <laughs> Why did I do French? Anyways, let's move on to some music news, uh, leaving movies behind for a second. First up, Woodstock 50, a festival that was supposed to celebrate the 50th anniversary of one of the most famous yet chaotic music festivals of all time, has been officially canceled just a handful of days before it was supposed to actually happen. they canceled this like two months ago. They did, sort of. The investors and the production group behind it said that it was canceled, but everyone else was like, no, 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 we have more financing. They're all like suing each other too. (laughs) First off, Woodstock 50 was originally supposed to take place in upstate New York, kind of close to the original location, but not in the original location. Not in a muddy swamp. Uh, Instead, it was going to be at a racetrack about 150 miles away. But back in June, the fest lost not only the venue, but the event producer as well. So they scrambled. They found new partners and announced that the show would still go on, but that the venue would now be nearly 300 miles south in a completely different state, in Maryland. Uh, Lovely venue, though, Merriweather Post Pavilion. Okay. Great album, too, by uh, what was that band that did it? But according to our president... A real shithole of a state. No. Uh, problems continued to pop up, and then starting a few days ago, some of the biggest acts that were scheduled to perform, like Jay-Z, the Rock tours, and Miley Cyrus, they all made the decision to just back out of the show entirely. Uh, once the acts started leaving, that was that. And a spokesperson for the event simply put out a statement which read, We are saddened that a series of unforeseen setbacks has made it impossible to put on a festival we imagined with the great lineup we had booked and the social engagement we were anticipating uh well you know you could always turn it into a gamer festival
1: sure just bring wheel in a fucking bunch of computers boot up Fortnite, it's a free game get ninja out there boom that's that's where the money is Ninja's now. in the mix yeah but hey it's not all bad news for music this week because starting on friday people will finally be able to they'll be able to listen to tool their entire incredible discography of albums on streaming platforms for the first time ever. Yeah, they've been not, not let, allowing that for a long time. And uh, yeah, as much as I like to think I'm not completely shackled to online streaming, yeah. like, I kind of forgot Tool existed for a while there. Because ah. it's you know, it's not on Spotify, it must not exist. I enjoy all of their live performances whenever they come to town and it's a yeah. Anyway, in addition to that, they've also announced a release date for their first new album in 13 years. Yeah, It's going to be titled Fear Inoculum, and it'll be released in uh, just a few short weeks on August 30th. I'm assuming the uh, entire album will be about what it's like to grow wine in Arizona.
0: Yes, Which can't be easy. Out of just uninhabitable dirt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in other music streaming news, Viacom continues to capitalize on their acquisition of Pluto TV in a positive way by announcing... But they're bringing back the real MTV, thanks to the Free Streaming TV Network. By the real MTV, we mean that they're launching channels that literally only play music videos nonstop, 24-7, which is something people have been begging for over the years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously these days you could just go over to YouTube, well, you're already here. You can go here and watch whatever you want, but it's still cool to see that they're making these channels available for people who want either a more curated mix of music or something to leave on in the background of a party yeah uh the channels that they've introduced to the pluto tv lineup they're available now and they uh they are yo mtv and that is can, it's going to consist mainly of hip-hop R&B, latin artists there's biggest pop which is well recent videos from the biggest artists in the world and also spankin new which uh i'm interested in it'll be apparently be curated videos from uh, artists that are trending on charts across all genres of music Will there be pop-up fun facts on these videos? That was VH1, actually, that did pop-up video. Still owned by the same company. VH1, please forfeit the patent on the pop-up video. It's all all owned by Viacom, so that's a possibility. All right. I want to see those
1: facts. Yes. And finally, in music news, the greatest live band in the world, Ramstein. (laughs) Ramstein, you fucking... You jerk. Ramstein. Ramstein. Ramstein recently gave a big feek deek to uh, (laughs) Russia and their anti-LGBTQ laws when the guitarists for the German metal band kissed. They're both men. They kissed on stage during a show in Moscow. According to Rolling Stone, the gay propaganda law was passed in 2013 by President Vladimir Putin. And... The law bans materials that would present distorted ideas about the equal social value of traditional and non-traditional sexual relationships. And the law is also enforced against foreigners who may be arrested and detained for up to 15 days or fined up to 5,000 rubles, then deported. Uh, and uh, it should be clear that uh, basically just being gay is considered gay propaganda. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, just don't just do not do gay propaganda. Just don't exist. And, and what exactly is gay propaganda? Well, anything gay. Just being publicly gay at mm-hmm. all. Uh, so, yeah, Rammstein more than likely broke the law by kissing on stage, but they obviously did it on purpose in defiance of the law as a protest and as a goof. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happened to them yet, and they do have another show in Russia happening Friday night in St. Petersburg. But uh, let's be honest, who the fuck is going to try to arrest these fucking guys?
0: Yeah, look at them. They'll
1: let you on fire. Yeah. I just hope they double down and just bring out the giant inflatable dick that sprays foam all over the crowd like they've done at previous concerts. Really. Yeah lean into this. Yeah.
0: Breaking Russia's weird dumb laws. And then he extends his angel wings and blows fire all over the people that try to arrest him. Mm -hmm. Anyways, for trailers this week, here's what's worth watching once you finish this video, because we can't show them to you. The Green Goblin and Batman team up for a new movie from A24 called The Lighthouse. Uh, The film chronicles the story of two lighthouse keepers as they are faced with solitude, but start to lose their sanity and become threatened by their worst nightmares. This one's going to be released October 18th. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Ah. Yes. Yes, you get the joke. All right. Well, if that's a little too heavy for
1: you. Also releasing on October 18th is Jojo Rabbit, which is written, directed, and starring Tiger Waititi. It's a fun romp set during World War II. Yeah. <laughs> when an awkward young German boy whose only ally is his imaginary friend Adolf Hitler has his naive patriotism tested when he meets a young girl who upends his worldviews. And uh, those worldviews being
0: Nazism. Psycho YTD is uh, Hitler in this. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's a uh, half Jewish, half Maori Hitler. Uh, next up is one of Netflix Netflix's most uh, ambitious, anticipated, and probably most expensive movies, uh, The Irishman. And this is obviously directed by Martin Scorsese and starts uh, stars Robert De Niro, thirty years younger thanks to technology. I saw pictures from this and I was like. Weird. Right. Bit weird. It also stars Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, who hasn't been around in a while. Cool to see him. Yeah. The Irishman of the story of Frank Sheeran, Ed Sheeran's dad, uh, who he's a mob hitman and a World War II vet who develops his skills during his service in Italy. Now an old man, he reflects on the events that defined his career as a hitman, particularly the role he played in the disappearance of labor leader Jimmy Hoffa, his longtime friend, and his involvement with the Buffalino crime family. The Irishman drops on Netflix and in select theaters on September 27th. All right. And finally,
1: Satanic Panic. Mm-hmm. This is a wild trailer for a movie that apparently stars two of our friends, Whitney Moore and Clark Wolfe. Cool. Uh, it's about a pizza delivery girl at the end of her financial rope who has to fight for her life and her tips when her last order of the night turns out to be high society Satanists in need of a virgin sacrifice. Yep. The movie will be available via limited theatrical release and VOD in early September so. Good for them. It's a fun trailer. Looks like it'll be a fun
0: movie. I know people in movies. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Anyways, if you want to know us, head over to our Patreon, support the show. If you drop $5 there or become a YouTube member, you get access to our exclusive podcast. We did a whole Q&A podcast this week. Lots and lots of questions, lots and lots of answers. Check that out if you're a member or a patron. Uh, And then uh, if not, check out the latest episode of Tech News Day. Also stick around for last week's episode of Weekly Weird News. And uh, there'll be a brand new episode of Weekly Weird News coming very, very soon. So just sit in your chair and wait. Yeah, be a patient little boy. Don't move. Or girl. I see you moving.